0: We're in we All right, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Awesome intro music, you know what I'm saying? Also, awesome guest on this episode, Luis Oliva. He's a director, uh, real, real seasoned vet in the industry, and I'm so happy to be uh, able to have him on the show. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, all things, you know, regarding uh, mental health, uh, you know, just two dudes trying to hash out emotions together. And so if you, you're into that, that's what this episode's for. Haha, <laughs> for you. Also, uh, we followed all the guidelines for the COVID measures. We did that. You know, sanitizer, mask, blah, blah, blah. And we did it in a studio space. So, good stuff. Real good stuff here. We're staying safe. And we're making sure that we can still get these podcasts out to you. <laughs> I don't know what that silly voice was, whatever. All right, so uh, without further ado, uh, here's the episode interview Interviews uh, with Oliva, Luis Oliva. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. I got Luis Oliva right here. He's a director, uh, actor, writer musician dude you like you do it all and it's so awesome he even like knows how to do cool sound stuff because i mean like he just set up basically like a a, a, a a studio chez louis which is perfect because we're obeying all the covid rules so i think that's very important uh anyway so before i start going through another covid anxiety loop <laughs> why don't we uh just make sure that uh, you're doing good today louis how you doing
1: I'm doing great, man, and um, like I was telling you earlier, for me, it's the first time that I am a uh, guest on a podcast that I am a fan of. <laughs> I, uh, I listened to the whole uh, first season religiously uh, when I first, uh, well, not when I first met you because we've known each other for uh, for a year, a bit more than a year in the casting process and all that.
0: Yeah, I met Lewis. Uh he was doing casting director work for uh, Andrea Kenyon, and uh I think uh, my my co-producer and I we uh, we saw some sort of amazing directorial talent in him. We we went through a process where we weren't sure that we were going to hire a director for this project, and then we made sure that uh, the right director found us, and that's just kind of how it went. And uh, yeah, anyways, yeah yeah. So we know each other for a year. Sorry, I'm paying you an extra compliment there. Uh, I just think it, uh, pff, dude favorite director right now like what dude one of my favorite actors right now too Yay. and
1: uh yeah so we met each other like that and uh when um when you approached me for this uh super super project called broca uh i got a more more interested in you so i started watching all the brainchild uh, production uh, <laughs> youtube videos and all of that stuff. And I was a huge fan of This Is My Song and uh, of, of all those projects. And also then I found this podcast. And um, I, I, I think in a week I listened to all 13 episodes
0: of the first season. So, yeah, yeah
1: I became a fan. So I'm really, really excited man, oh to, to be here.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Louis. Oh, look, I got a compliment back in return. Wow. Thank you. So uh, you said that you uh, spoke to your therapist today yes. uh, without sharing any details personally. What kind of therapy do you do?
1: Well, for me, it was, I, it, it, it's been a real long time coming, I think, for a lot of us, actually, mm-hmm. I think it is. And uh, I think it was something that I, I, you know, just to be an artist, uh, you have to be a little bit... Meh. <laughs>
0: just yeah to, you're just, telling me man
1: just to decide Jeez, well, to even please, just to even decide to do this job so and we all have our things and I think for my for much either our childhood our traumas all that mm-hmm. and uh, there came a point uh, and I think the confinement really like put myself in front of myself and uh, suddenly a lot of reflexes and a lot of things Became more apparent speaking for myself how good I am at you know sabotaging a lot of my own shit for you know for a long time in my own life. And I think this, um, yeah, the confinement really put me in front of myself. And I also uh, lived the breakup during the, 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 the confinement, oh, all that. So, god,
0: dramatic! There right? you go, so
1: all that beautiful stuff,
0: yes, yes, all the beautiful stuff, the beautiful drama, the beautiful comedy, the beautiful. <laughs> uh poetry it's 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 all there, it's all there I see that uh and uh what I find so curious too is like you went through this breakup. I felt like I broke up with uh financial insecurity too, oh, yeah. because for the longest time, I was like, I'm broke, I don't care, like I do not care that I have no money and i'm I'm all right with that, yeah. you know, so like for me, it was one of those uh eye opening experiences where I realized that I, I could be careless with money too, and then I was a little too careless, but not to the point of, uh, you know, sabotaging myself mm-hmm. because I food on the table always, house over the head always. So I'm not afraid of like financial stability now. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, totally, totally. And that's a, uh That's another thing. I mean, in our, I mean. For this job, I've been doing this for 20 years now, uh, being an actor and being in, th- in this business. And luckily, I've been lucky enough for 20 years to only do that. However, I, I, I don't have kids. I, you know, uh, I don't have those type of responsibilities. So there were years, there were great years, and there were really, 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 really low years. But I lived through them in the sense that I had this you know, independence in a way, not having yeah. this these things. So, but came a time now, I, I just turned 43 and...
0: Happy birthday, Thank you! you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And there came this, you know, time where I... And all this summer where I just felt, okay, I really got to... I really want to start to deal with this shit. So it starting August, I started for the first time... Actually seeing a therapist because I wanted to because I needed to Uh and it's been the one of the best choices I've ever taken in my life. It's hard It's it goes week to week, but even when it becomes really 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 difficult during the week I know that next Wednesday I'm gonna see her and I'm gonna be able to deal with more stuff and so yeah for me. It's been a life-changing Experience right now, and I've just started I'm just getting started, but Actually, to tell you the truth, and it's not just to give you more compliments, but Cheaper Than Therapy actually really, really gave me peace with wanting that, with wanting to deal with stuff, with wanting to – and I mean – and I'm truly honest with this. I was listening to a few episodes that really – I think it was the second or the third episode of the first season. I don't remember which one, but in the beginning there – that really got to me in a way that I said, well, you know what, man, try it. What the fuck? What do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. And I did it. And I'm really, really happy for it. And I have friends also that pushed me through that, that helped me through that. And, But yeah, uh, that actually gave me a, a, a that one little more nudge that I needed to to, uh, to accept the fact that,
0: hey, I, I want this. I, I really want this. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Louis. Jeez. <clears throat> that that's a big compliment for me. Uh, that was hard for me to accept. Uh, that I was uh, I was battling a lot of emotions uh, while I was recording that, as well as like I have been too, and it's been like really 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 uh, difficult uh, to understand. What I enjoy doing is what I'm good at, and like I enjoy a lot of things. So I'm just gonna keep doing the things I enjoy doing. Um, that's just me though. Also, uh, I've been seeing my therapist again, uh, went back into therapy and, uh, honestly very, very, very grounding for me. Um, I do have my own routine that I, I, I do every morning and, uh, that for me is like one of those, it's, it's a spiritual practice. You know what I mean? Like, so I sit there and I, I get the thoughts out of my head and like, just, oh, I get back into my body and I'm just calm again. And then I, I can move forward through my day. And then, you know, huh. I, my days have been a lot better. Uh, and uh, sleep, oh my God, sleep. I missed sleep. I was sleeping enough, but just in increments. And that was uh, that was affecting my sense of self. Totally. Uh, and that's just one of those things that uh, you, you sort of go through, I think, when you hit your 30s, right? Everybody kind of freaks out. <laughs> Right? Did you freak out in your 30s? You have a 30s freak out? I had. A, I have a 40s uh, freak out. Oh. Uh, yeah,
1: my 30s were still in, In um, how can I put this, in such a um, um, ram through everything, no matter what. Oh. And I was in a very, uh, I had a lot of projects and I was traveling a lot. I was doing a documentary series all over Latin America. I started directing. Well, I studied directing, then I started directing. So I was constantly in new. I was constantly doing new stuff, new thing, new, new, that. And I I mean, I'm not complaining. It was awesome, awesome, awesome period. However, all of whatever um, I needed to deal with, I didn't. And I I just rammed rammed through. I rammed through, I rammed through, I rammed through everything. And came a point where... I can't do that anymore. Um, came a point also where I, my, my therapy used to always be uh, songwriting and creating, but especially songwriting. I put out an album in 2010. It's available everywhere. It's oh. called Monde. It's Mond. on the Monde, Luis ah. Oliva, and it's everywhere iTunes, uh, Apple, uh, wherever you want. Even He YouTube. said it's
0: everywhere. It's even on YouTube. It's okay? even on YouTube, yes, it is. Mond, Monde, M O N D E, par Luis Oliva. C'est ça. So uh,
1: my therapy was always songwriting and I put all whatever mess I was feeling or in my head and I still do and I continued writing a lot uh, through that and that used to be the, the only way that I could kind of deal with my shit. However, now I feel that it's not enough. For me, it wasn't enough anymore because uh, it's still an echo chamber for me. It became an echo chamber, oh. you know. And in, in this, and not only that. Even though I write in a very automatic writing process, like I don't really think about it, and sometimes I make sense of what I wrote only years after because I see what I was living in. hindsight. Yeah, with hindsight, exactly. That's where I get to. But all that's great. And I'm not saying that it's not valuable. It's extremely valuable. And thank God, if not, if I wouldn't have that, I don't know what I would have done. However, came a point where now it just wasn't enough. I needed to go deeper and be able to actually get to know myself a little bit yeah. and get to know why mm-hmm. I why why I do anything. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of a lot of at the beginning of the therapy and even a bit before that, I, I made myself laugh a lot because I was walking around and just asking myself, why do I do anything, whatever it is? Huh. Why, why do I do it? Why? Where, where does that impulse? Where does that? What need am I answering to by doing this? By whether it is uh, self-destruction, whether it is oh, alcohol, whether family. it is. Burying myself in creativity and work, yeah. and but why? Why do I do anything? We crave a-
0: I believe we crave a balance. We mm-hmm. crave to have balance, and that's what we uh, uh, try to do as human beings. You know, emotionally, and once we can balance emotionally, then we can live our happy lives. And then we're still aware of the rage. We're still aware of the overinduced joy that we sometimes feel. Mm-hmm. But you cannot act on these impulses because that is dangerous. That is also uh, one of the things that. Bars you from being a human being mm-hmm. Right Because mm-hmm. if you're going to have animalistic impulses And you can't get those in check Well I'm sorry exactly. But that's just like the way it goes Unfortunately I understand now more so than ever About the uh, the intricacies of being emotional And it's just more apparent to me now That uh, I'm just an emotional person And it's been hard for me to accept that Because apparently if I have emotions It's like, it's one of those things where it's just like, you need to calm down. And I'm like, but I feel like I'm in a good mood. So why should I calm down? And it's like, well, you need to stop doing this. And then, you know, like, oh, okay. It just to me is one of those things where I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Mm. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Mm. You know what I mean? And so that's clear to me now. I'm an actor. Mm. Yeah. I like fucking making music and I love comedy. Now, am I a comedic actor? Am I a dramatic actor? Whatever, just point the camera at me, and then I will. I know how to act. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's just one of those things. It's like uh, Robin Flynn once told me she's a a great, great host uh, on a uh, radio network, and uh, I I don't know if I should name drop her, but she's great. And uh, she was yelling once, "If you're an actor, it's your job to be on." When the camera's on, you're on too. And I was like, wow, that was some like knowledge there that like she spit. And I was like, pfft, remembered forever. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yes, I, I totally agree. And uh, I mean, as actors, especially, I mean, you know, uh, some for some jobs, it's the hammer. That's the tool for whatever tool you need for a job. But the main tool that we use is our emotions, is our we are emotional beings and we are emotional creators and to have and that's where you know that's why my opinion about acting or at least my approach about acting or even directing is always from a place of authenticity and a place Mm -hmm. where true emotion and I'm a huge as you know a huge Meisner uh, fan and of the technique and especially of that idea of living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the sanity part of whatever it is that we do comes in, in the sense that for me, uh, and I'm I'm speaking in a role, uh, in the acting part of it, the imaginary circumstance for me is the most important, in the sense that that way, whatever it is that I'm living, that I'm truly living, that I'm truly um, feeling, is still under that protective imaginary circumstance mm-hmm. in the sense that when it's over, that circumstance is also over. Yes. Instead of if I start going into my own traumas or into my own shit or into my own real like fucking mm-hmm. shit, well, when it's over, it's not over because that whatever situation I connected to is still there and is very real. Mm-hmm. And that I find is the. There's a danger line there sometimes. And it's not that when you're doing imaginary circumstances, you're not truly believing it. You have to. But that's part of the imagination of being an artist and being able to believe as when we were a child and we were playing cops and robbers. I really was the cop or I really was the robber and I could see the city and I could hear the sirens and I I truly believed it. Well, that's what I believe that I try as much as I can whenever it is that I'm acting or directing even to be in that purely imaginary world that I believe everything in it so much so that the emotion is fucking real, but it is under that imaginary circumstance.
0: So it's under that like scope of, uh, what's real, what's not yet. You're completely aware that it's the film set. It's the studio. It's the it's the room.
1: At least right after, not during. During I forget about all that shit. During that time, there's no studio, there's no set. I'm living it. I'm believing it. Yeah. But where I, when it's cut, and when I'm I'm on the floor, and I've done so much fucking crying and completely uh, neurotic emotions on set a lot. And at least when it's over, and I know that was the last take well, then, hey, I'm back and the world is great and my mom is doing great and, you know, and my family's doing great. Whatever it is for that I use for emotional preparation, well, it's not true. And it's all good and yeah. it's all good, you know? Whatever it is I use to get to that, once it's over, whew, it's over and I'm fine and ah, I can breathe again. Not, you know, it, it doesn't always happen and you know, just like that. But I truly believe in that because if not... I I don't believe that we have to, even when it's a mega drama and mega, I don't believe that we have to put ourselves through more psychological trauma to get there. That that kind of thing. And and in that way, I feel that that for me protects that aspect of my sanity. Because I've done the, the other, you know. My first role I ever had was tag a huge series in French, and it was a very emotional and very psychological, really rough thing. And I decided to go. I was 21, 22, and I decided I was going to go full method on this shit during six months' time. And it drove me nuts. And I it took me like a year to get over it after that. So it's hard.
0: No, yeah, I, I feel like I, I almost went through the same thing as you, but it happened so fast that I was just like, okay, oh, calm, meditate, yoga, mm-hmm. you know, totally. like get back zen and then work from there. That's that's, that's my neutral, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nooch, it's noochie. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a lovely, lovely place to be uh, emotionally. Totally. Um, Serenity. Serenity. Serenity now. Serenity now. Serenity now. Oh, God. Yeah, no wonder why uh, he was screaming that line. You know? the, the Serenity the... now. Are we allowed to do Seinfeld uh, quotes? Uh, well, why not. It's, I mean, it's an homage. Ah, yes, 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 yes. In homage. There you go. In homage. <laughs> I don't even know. Fromage. There you go. <laughs> L'omalette du fromage. <laughs> I don't know. That just slipped into Italian there. Yeah, there you go. Uh, European. it's
1: European
0: yeah you know European I'm a <laughs> Ah. <laughs> no, that's gross uh okay, so that was deep and meaningful thank you. thank you um yeah, so album directorial skills you're also doing a voice gig later like what's up dude?
1: well, for me, it's all the same thing man um I remember at the beginning of my career when, when I uh, was doing a lot of promo, a lot of stuff, I always did promo for music also, and, and I said I wanted to be a director, and all these people always, yeah, but what do you really want to do? Or which one do you prefer? Mm-hmm. Or which one, for me it's all the same thing, in the sense that I always felt, and this from a very young age, that I was an artist, and that any means of expression worked, as an artist for me and whether it was, I mean, I still want to do stand-up someday. I still want to do tons of stuff. I'm just terrible with my hands. So I can't paint or, you know, do any sculpture stuff because I, I, I hate it and I'm terrible at it. But if I, if I had an interest, I'd do it yeah. and I don't care. I mean, I never, I never uh, put myself any like, I'm not a career, careerist, do you say yeah, that in English? Okay. I get that. I've never been a careerist ever, 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 and even at the beginning of my career, I with, I mean, my face was on the bridge and all sorts of promo everywhere, and I, but I, that came, and it was a lot of fun. I was twenty one and being, you know, this, it was, awesome. However, I that was never my goal. My goal was just to do what I love. Period, and no matter what it was, and I, I've been lucky enough. To still do it and to still be able to do soundtracks, do directing, do uh, session directing for casting, do acting, do... But it's all the same thing and it's all the same passion for me. And I think that we are in a society where everyone wants to put you in a... Dans une cause, You know, in a certain... Like the, the circle goes in the circle, the square goes in the square. Just break the fucking mold. Who cares? Whatever shape you are, you will fit in if you break the mold, you know?
0: I definitely agree with that, man. (laughs) Uh, So, that being said, you know, what do you like to do? What do you like to to go out and try and either fail at or succeed at? Because that's really where it is fucking at, bro. Um, I love it. I love it so much, Lewis. Um, Yeah. Uh, okay, so what do you have coming up that you want to uh, share about?
1: Well, my new adventure this fall has been uh teaching. I started teaching. I've been giving um camera acting workshops and I just adore it. I mean, just um it it's it's this, it's that same thing like I was saying earlier. It's all the same thing for me, but now to be with a group of actors um <clears throat> who are so how could i put this who are so willing to try things and to and like i tell them i mean i i the only reason i decided to start doing this is because when i worked as a session director in casting i really discovered how much of a passion working with actors is for me not just acting but working with an actor and trying to get somewhere and having this communication and having this um, co-creation of something and seeing the, uh, the actors eyes light up when you give the indication that oh we understand each other and, and we get somewhere and, and to get to that authenticity and all that stuff well now in, in, in that um, context, context yeah, of, yeah. of a class of a workshop it's just even more thrilling to see the, those eyes light up and that connection and so that I'm truly passionate about now and if not, man, I, all the same as usual in the sense that I'm, uh, well, we're in post-production of Broca, which I can't wait to finish. Um, still doing music, uh, still auditioning, uh, and just hoping for the best, man. <laughs> that's what I'm
0: doing. Yo, same here. Same here, man. Same here. And the best is yet to come. Exactly. So that's it. And uh, I'm uh, very excited, too. For I, I want to take that class. Yoo-hoo! Like, I do want to take it. I just don't have the money right now. So no worries, I'm just chilling. I'm chilling with that. Like I said, financial anxiety, peace, peace. That's it, man. Out peace. later, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Uh, but with boundaries. Uh, okay, so that's uh, so. Where can we follow you on social media? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter, but I mainly
1: follow more than I post. I'm on Twitter. I'm on luisolive Olive Four at something. Well, uh, or d-
0: at luisolive uh, uh, Yeah. Four. Luis Olive
1: Four. So Olive 4 Ol- yeah. Olive Olive 4.
0: Olive spelled in American language?
1: Exactly. Olive. <laughs> exactly. In Americano. And uh, <laughs> and if not, uh, Instagram and Facebook and all that. But yeah, I'm not hard to find. Luis yeah, Oliva. Yeah, there exactly. are not that many in Montreal. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. There you go. All right. Sweet. So uh, that'll wrap it up. That's another episode of Cheever in Therapy. And uh, wow. Thank you, Luis. Thank you so much for uh, doing this.
1: Thank you, my man. I'm really touched to be invited. Thank you.
0: That was awesome. All right, cue that outro music. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Oh, what are you still doing? Listen to this podcast. Go listen to the other ones. Yay.